Is this going to be a flash in the pan now that today's market trade is over? We'll find out the details. Also, speaking of flashes, we had a flash sale that happened this morning. Nice to see some movement when it comes to export opportunities. But the driven markets with the headlines and the soybeans uh, possibly seeing a bounce. We've got a lot to look at today. Sam Hudson joins us. Sam, of course, with Corn Belt Marketing. And let's talk about these good and bad of the USDA report as we kind of continue today during the trade to digest some of those numbers. Yeah, well, the, you know, kind of a double-edged sword there. You know, the good news is it's behind us, and the bad news is it's behind us. When we, when we got the yield, you know, surprise, I think it's uh, more or less seals the coffin on keeping a lid on the corn market until spring. Um, but when you look at the carryout, you know, where it landed versus expectations, not a huge shock there. And so I don't think we get anything, you know, wildly different than what we've already been experiencing. But obviously from high to low, you know, we had a, had a $2 break in the bean market. And, and this, uh, you know, corn has just been a steady grind lower. And, then, you know, from a cash value standpoint, the fact that farmers are going to continue to need uh, to generate income here as we get closer to March with cash rents due and so forth, uh, it just feels like this, you know, 425 to 475 cash value, um, you know, is going to, offer some comfort at least for for now until we see the end of South America's growing season and really tabulate you know what they do or don't have and you know, for beans they, they feel a little overdone in here um same thing we didn't really get any you know, fresh information from them but uh we've continued to see product prices struggle and uh you know good news today is on the NOPA crush report we still saw you know a record number there um above expectations and an all-time monthly record there so definitely you know confirms our crush program has definitely expanded and will continue to do so here uh moving forward but uh still no reason to really move the needle for usda as you as you look at that and and, and obviously moving forward within this trade what do we see is, is the next big focus is it the acreage report that comes out down the road and and how does that affect the soybean trade well, two things. You know, we still have to put you know the cap on the South American growing season. They're, they're planting the second crop corn down there. Uh, the trade trade largely still believes we're going to see some production cuts, but uh, you know some wide variance in what those expectations are. You know, some estimates all the way in, uh, down to the mid 130s for Brazil's crop, all the way up to you know mid 150s. And so, with such a wide range there, if we do see a bigger cut than expected, uh, as far as surprise there to cap it off we've pretty much extracted a lot of that risk premium. And so we could build back upon it, but I really think this, you know, gets down to, you know, uh, a month or, you know, 45 to 60 days of nothingness here, particularly for corn until we see uh, what you mentioned. And that is our acreage expectations and, and what we could start to formulate uh, ideas off of in the spring. So what are you seeing as, as a soybean possibility? I mean, what type of bounce could we see in the next couple of weeks? Well, logically, I think the first point you got to look at is the gap area we left when the market, uh, you know, took us last leg lower. You know, for the spot contract month, you're looking uh, basically up towards that thirteen dollar mark, thirteen to thirteen twenty. Uh, and for new crop soybeans, you're looking, uh, you know, into the twelve to twelve sixty range. I think those are areas that, uh, you know, once again, market could, you know, more or less find some contentment uh, until we start thinking about, uh, you know, what acreage looks like and putting crops in the ground. It's going to be difficult to trade through those levels, and unless we see a, a bigger threat in South America into the end of their campaign. But as it sits today, that uh, we just can't get there fast enough. Well, yeah, and you know, that's always been, you know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Everybody keeps posting what they see on the uh, social media about how good or bad this crop is. And I think everything is going to be proof in the pudding when we see that combine roll. But is there still concerns for the second crop for corn? 
There certainly are. I mean, they're definitely getting off to a late start. You know, the challenge the trade has is very similar to what we saw here in the U.S. this past year and what we just confirmed, and that was, you know, we can have some pretty devastating conditions that, uh, you know, put a lot of worry into things. But at the end of the day, if you still have, you know, decent uh, production numbers, it's all for nothing. And and so to get the, you know, market really cranked up about uh, adding risk premium after seeing what we went through and what we still had as far as yields concerned, it's almost like, uh, you know, we're going to get into more or less of a a prove-it stance. And honestly, that could take so long that by the time we get there, we could already be trading the front end of our weather. Which is um, always ready. I think guys, especially with this latest weather we've had, um, they're ready to start thinking about some Springfield work versus maybe uh, plowing the snow, shall we say. That's right. You know, in the meantime, we got to balance out some averages first. Though so we had such a nice, uh, you know, November, December that we're finally paying for it now. And you know, hopefully as we get into the end of the month, we won't see such extreme temperatures, at least for the sake of livestock guys. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, and, 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 you know, for what it's worth, week to week, you know, production figures and grind just in general for corn and soybeans probably you know, this type of weather just really doesn't help all that. It slows grain movement down. It usually, you know, reduces the capacity of some of those operations. And so uh, some normal temperatures will definitely be welcome no matter what. Well, and you talk about what we're seeing. Uh, you mentioned the flash sale obviously happening in Mexico. Are we going to see a possibility of some pickup when it comes to export opportunities? Or is the dollar really going to continue to weigh in on all of this? Well, I sure hope so. The dollar had a big day today to start the week, so definitely uh, something to keep an eye on as we kick off the trading week. Um, but when you look at exports in general, it, you know, you mentioned the flash sale this morning. Uh, it's nice to finally see, uh, you know, a second one here within a few sessions. We got one last week that was the first in about three weeks, actually. Um, and so, you know, we have to stay on at least a decent pace here to meet USDA's figures. Uh, if there's any reason to think that they need to throttle that up, uh, it takes time. You know, it takes four to six months to, to build those numbers up to justify it. And so uh, between now and then, we'll definitely see more opinions on the supply side still than, than the demand side, at least from what we're seeing now. Uh, but no matter what, uh, you know, we need to see those flash sales continue because if they don't, then we could actually be looking at the opposite and, and see threats of demand reductions while we go to the field. What about with this, um, real quick, before we had to break this wheat complex? I mean, they took it hard again today in the trade. It did, and unfortunately, you know, from a technical standpoint, just kind of taps the market back down. You know, that's been one of the sticking points here, or at least talking points, I guess I should say, is the short position there uh, on paper. And, and quite honestly, you know, we've got a pretty sizable one built up in corn now as well, but uh, it's a kind of a game of chicken. You know, give, give the market a reason to, to shed the, that uh, position, uh, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, and they will, uh, but we simply have not had the catalyst. And the fact that we got through the USG report, uh, the black and white on the balance sheet kind of just serves as a reminder for that market how much we got sitting around and all right well stick around folks more is coming up it's a channel final bell on the row radio network fontanelle hybrids and the other regional brands along with channel seed are merging in 2025 and we're ready to up your seed game here's channel seed professional dustin o'hanlon from lexington I, i'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus which is taking care of our growers for more contact your local channel seed professional krb Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation this afternoon with Sam Hudson, Sam, of course, is with Corn Belt Marketing. As you look at um, kind of the overall pictures, and uh, we talked a little bit about this acreage report um, that's coming up, but do you hear a lot of chatter um, about the possibilities? I mean, as people start penciling things out, um, that we could see some interesting numbers come that acreage report when it does arrive? 
Uh, you know, it's, it's possible. I, I think we've seen, um, you know, uh, such a big demise in the bean corn ratio over the past, you know, two to three months that, you know, at this point, uh, it, you know, it might start penciling better to, to plant corn in these areas that are switchable. Now, you, you know, keep in mind where we're at, central Illinois, there's typically a rotation that, that's going to trump all and, and isn't going to garner that much of a switching. But as you get, you know, shifted further out west on, on acres that maybe haven't had that fertilizer applied to them yet, I think you're certainly going to see that as a consideration unless it's forward contracted. And so, um, now that being said, uh, you know, $5 corn looks a lot better if you keep sinking here. Uh, it's just going to, you know, turn into a pick your poison type of, type of decision where overall acres in general, I think are going to be the bigger, uh, question mark that I would have at this point. You know, the ratio can still change a lot between now and then and, uh, and influence some of that. But, um, I, I think our production, you know, gains or losses from what we have written down in South America probably going to be more influential, uh, than what the farmer's going to decide to plant. Well, before we head to livestock, we talked to, um, uh, beforehand about these headlines uh, playing a role in our markets, outside market influences, whether it was the Taiwan's elections over the weekend or, or more missile strikes. Are the markets yeah. going to kind of grasp onto that because there's nothing else really to grab a hold of right now? Absolutely. Yep. And, and I think that's, you know, partly, you know, marked by the USDA report because we got into it kind of feared what was in there, got about what we expected, but nothing, no real fruit for fodder in terms of moving forward now. And so that leaves a bit of a vacuum. Uh, you know, show me a 10 cent rally in corn and I'll show you a farmer that still doesn't want to sell it. If you give them 20 or 25 cents, maybe that's going to change a little bit. Uh, you know, beans 40 or 50 cents in here, same thing. I think you start to change attitudes a little bit versus, you know, even, uh, you know, today up 10 to 15, we couldn't hold the gains. Um, but is anyone out here really itching to sell it? And with funds, short corn, short wheat, I think it you know offers a little bit of reason for optimism. But I think anything we see is going to be short lived. Um, you know, until we can formulate a stronger opinion on what the you know their crop finishing conditions are looking like, and you need to tack on another three or four weeks to even start that. All right, let's jump over to the livestock side. And if anything has had the struggle bus, it's been this livestock market with the way the the weather has been and continues to be. What strain do you see this continuing to put on the cattle market, even though we saw some higher numbers on the futures? Yeah, well, I think a stronger open, I think, was probably widely expected, especially with the temperatures that we're finishing up on here. The fact that we held them, I think, is important. Um, you know, when you look at boxed beef prices over the last, uh, you know, several weeks, we've continued to start to you know, grind that higher. And I think that's a reflection of those tighter stocks on top of our first real, you know, weather talking point, really, for the last week. Up until now, it's been, um, you know, solid gains and, and no reason for concern in terms of risk premium. And so uh, if you continue to see cash traded a premium, it's going to be hard to break that February. We're starting to see that spread firm up against the April. Uh, and so I think that's really our barometer uh, for the market at this point. And I think you know, feeders are very similar in that nature where uh, we've seen pretty stout uh, you know, cash figures and the market's uh, you know, been pretty reluctant to move sharply lower after the you know, long-term break that we've seen. And so if we can work back up to that uh, you know, mid to upper 230s, maybe even 240 trade in futures and cash, I think that could be the next uh, you know, hedging opportunity, at least in the spring for the producer there. And the fact that, you know, we're going to continue to see the, the movement of, of this cash as they watch the box beef numbers and, and how they're reacting. That's right. And, and, you know, if we tack on any additional cold weather or wintry weather, it can make the market maybe a little bit more sensitive than what we had been seeing. I think right now this just kind of uncovers, um, you know, who's got their pants down and who doesn't, you know, where, where does, uh, where do they not have coverage and where do they, uh, you know, not need it at all. And so, um, 
you know, over the next 30 or 45 days, I think we're going to be largely driven by that. It seems like you could, see, could continue to move that February contract a little higher and then just leave the April where it is uh, until we know a little bit more and can have a little bit of conviction. But the feeders have had a bigger decline here. Um, I think you could still see some volatility here. We've seen quite a bit of contraction over the last month, a pretty tight range. If we start to break out of that, uh, you know, I wouldn't ignore that market. Hogs, are they going to continue to, to push to the lower? You know, we've seen a decent run higher. I think that's been led by pork prices. I've continued to, you know, scratch my head and, and think, you know, can we get a rally in this February, April spread there too? But it really just hasn't transpired. And, um, you know, there's just simply, you know, same thing, not a real big reason for concern for this market. Uh, adequate supplies there. Uh, feels like maybe we've carved out at least a short-term bottom. Uh, but I don't know that there's reason to really run a lot to the upside until you get into the spring months. All right. What's the one go thing you're going to watch um, in in this trading week that's been shortened because of the holiday? And you know, I think it's how, it's how we close it out. Um, you know, I want to see the, you know, corn and bean prices maybe uh, you know carve out something here by midday tomorrow. And if we can get a you know steady higher close on the week, I think that's definitely going to be a first building block to for the market to look at. And from an end user standpoint, you know, we talked about uh, you know some of the margins that uh, haven't been great out here, but as much as the price decline that we've seen, the end user may be interested. If we see some basing action and maybe finally taking a little bit more forward ownership, uh, and that could be good for the market as well if we have that vacuum type of uh, dynamic that we mentioned. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And that is today's Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the World Radio Network.